Please join me in our responsive welcome. No matter who you are or where you are in life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. Stories of faith that connect us. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut or Colorado, the United States or Europe or anywhere in the world. Mary's song. It's also known as the Magnificat. But let's back up for a moment before we hear it. It's in Luke's Gospel, and Luke was the kind of guy that set out to write a very orderly account, lots of detail. It's almost like a deposition. And he talks about these notifications that came through the angel Gabriel. First, it was the announcement that John the Baptist was going to be coming into the world And then it was the announcement that Jesus was going to be coming into the world, the one that you've already started hearing about through Mary. But the first announcement was given to Zechariah, who would be John's father. Zechariah was a priest. And as angels do, the angel came and said, Greetings. (laughs) Hey, if Luke said it, it happened. And Zechariah was terrified. And the angel said, of course, be not afraid. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son. And Luke is also really into the Holy Spirit, which I like, because I'm into the Holy Spirit, too. I like being able to recognize and name the work of the Spirit. I'm not always good at it, but it's fun to try. And he says, this child of yours is going to be full of the Holy Spirit even before his birth. That's pretty good. He says, you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. Zechariah listens to all this and he says, how will I know? Eh, Wrong answer or wrong question. Because then the angel says, you know what? For not believing, I'm going to make you mute until it happens. Then you'll know. Because as soon as, as soon as you can speak again, it's been fulfilled. Now, the conversation with Mary went a little bit differently. The angel greets her. Greetings, favored one. Tells her what's about to happen, and, and she's much perplexed. Doesn't say she's terrified, but much perplexed. Sort of like, I think he got the wrong person. Are you sure it's me you're looking for? And then the angel says, fills in all the details to her, and lets her know about Elizabeth's pregnancy as well, and they're related. We think they're cousins. Who knows? They're related somehow. And so Mary listens to all this and then says, well, may it be so, basically. You know, sort of like if it was now, we'd say, well, to your, from your lips to God's ears, but basically it came from God's lips to his ears and then through his lips to her ears. Did you follow that? <laughs> and then Mary suddenly ventures out and goes to see her cousin. And it's while the two women are together 
that we hear Mary's song. Anne's going to read that for us now. Mary's song is a response to what she encountered with Gabriel and with her cousin. The Magnificat means magnificent, and that's what she says about God. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For God has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. God's mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. God has shown strength with his arm. God has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. God has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of God's mercy, according to the promise God made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The word of God. Thanks be to God for the word. Thank you, Anne. It's a song of joy. So here we are in the Advent season. We've already taken a look at hope and considered that hope floats. A close word to hope is longing, and longing leans. Last week we explored peace, and perhaps you noticed that peace settles or has a way of gathering what might be scattered. Joy, well, a good word for joy is that joy sparkles. And of all the gifts of this season, hope and peace and joy and love is the fourth one. Joy was something that I was not familiar with until I was late into my 40s. Or at least, you know, I wasn't well attuned in recognizing or naming joy. I always felt like I was born with a double dose of hope, but all the others I had to learn along the way. What about you? Which one came easily to you? Or ones came easily to you? And which ones have you had to learn along the way? One of my best teachers for joy was a colleague named Ginger. Ginger is definitely sparkly. She's also a fierce advocate for social justice. Within a flash, she would be willing to stand up and say, that's wrong. But she knew joy. And she said she learned it from her father, a simple man who lived in Alabama all his life, who was a milkman. And joy was a gift that he showed her each day. Joy presented itself in laughter and smiles, a lightness of spirit, a luminosity, like morning light dancing on Macintosh or Carter Lake. Like a bright blue sky against a gray sky or a cloud. Joy was present as an ease with self 
and the circumstances and conditions of life beyond our control. Joy was an ability to laugh at oneself and to laugh at life. Sort of like the, you know, you make a mistake again and then say, I'm getting pretty good at this mistake. (laughs) Pretty soon I'm going to be an expert. And you know the definition of an expert. An expert is someone you call in who made their mistake somewhere else. Or in the face of disappointment, says, well, you can't have everything. Where would you put it? That one took a little longer, but you got it. (laughs) Joy is not, it is not the denial or the removal of suffering. Robert Schuller says it this way, Joy is not the absence of suffering, it is the presence of God. And I'll add that it could even be the presence of God in the midst of suffering. The presence of God, God with us, Emmanuel. Who in your life taught you to recognize joy? Barbara Holmes is a guest writer for the Center for Action and Contemplation in New Mexico. She's a woman of African descent, and the focus of her work is African-American spirituality. She says, Domination elicited the silence of captive cultures. Consider the inner resources cultivated by people who were forced to submit people who were forced to be silent, the eyes cast downward posture. Consider what it was like or what it might have been like to search until solace and strength were found. Consider how silence became spontaneous speech or song or movement in the black church where speech, song, and movement are an expression of freedom Consider how long it takes predominantly white churches to experience that same freedom to laugh and clap and move. Wouldn't it be cool if we all got up and danced? I know Roberta would lead us. Perhaps you're thinking of Maya Angelou's poem, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. Right here in Longmont, there's a memorial planned on Monday at Journey Church for the homeless, people who were experiencing homelessness who died this past year. There were eight of them, and their names are going to be shared, saying the name and giving voice to them is an act of acknowledgement and the presence of God. It's sponsored by Homeless Outreach Providing Encouragement. You know them as Hope. Emmanuel, God with us. And Barbara says 
as challenging as it may be to calm down, to find this gathering place of silence and stillness, we must find the stillness at the core of the shout. The shout that my colleague Ginger so readily offered when something was unjust and unfair. Consider the pause before the final Alleluia in the Alleluia chorus of Handel's Messiah. It is the richest and most beautiful moment in the song for me. So let's go back for just a moment to the story of the angel delivering the message to Zechariah and Mary. This message that contained a promise of new life, of joy and of gladness. Zechariah, when this message was delivered, was in the inner chamber of the sanctuary. He was offering incense. He was a priest. He was a person of privilege and priority and access. Mary was probably doing laundry or cooking or cleaning. The result of those two encounters were that Zechariah lost his voice and Mary found hers in a song. My soul magnifies the Lord. My soul increases, expands, enlarges, extends the presence of God. My spirit rejoices. She got a stone that day that said, you're special. God has looked with favor on the lowliness of the servant, she says. And we are all called to be servant leaders, aren't we? And this involves cultivating interior silence and deep interior openness to the presence of that God to that source of strength and solace, to the one who names and claims us however we came into the world. Not all pregnancies are met with joy. Not all births result in life with birth parents. But we celebrate those who, in the spirit of adoption, Claim a child and say, you are special. You are God's gift. The presence of the God who is with us, Emmanuel. From that stillness and silence comes a song of praise that expands and enlarges and extends the presence of God. From that stillness and silence comes a song of joy. And now, beloved, when you go wherever you go, go forth with the love of God. Go forth with hope and joy, knowing that God is with you always. God, Emmanuel, is with you always. Go in the peace of that assurance and that promise. And sing with me just one more time. Go now in peace.
Go now in peace. May the Lord bless.